here. Hello, I am John Rawl, the voice and the general of all things Southern, and it's great to be with you as we broadcast for the next couple of hours a Southern message. And we're all South, and we hope you are too. And if not, we'll we'll get you in the right spirit to be Southern on the Y'all Show, powered by Y'all. Dot com. Hope you all are getting ready for a big weekend. I know for a lot of kiddos out there, this is their last weekend before having to go to school. We're going to turn that calendar over to the month of August next week. And a lot of school districts start going to school as soon as August arrives. Yikes. I'm sorry, kids. I really am. Man, I can't believe the summer is wrapping up. But you know what? We got football camps already underway in the NFL. And yeah, we, we have reached that point where it's time to think about fall, y'all. But today, we don't want you thinking about that. We want you to be thinking about how awesome the South is and what all we've got going on in this part of the world. And we're going to do that here throughout the day on the Y'all Show. In this opening hour of our broadcast, we've got news headlines that we'll be sharing from across the region. Included with that is information on Donald Trump as he's accused now of asking a staffer to delete camera footage. What is that all about? We'll fill you in on the latest. Sad news out of Newberry, South Carolina. An on-duty officer dying after a crash. We'll give you the latest also out of that state. Nancy Mace, the congressman from down in the Charleston Lowcountry area, eh, she's giving us a little too much information. And is that something we need to hear from Nancy Mace? All that in our headlines. Plus, out of Mississippi, did you realize that Cheech and Chong, yeah, those guys from back in, what, the 70s when they made those crazy movies, they have medical marijuana, a brand of Cheech and Chong medical marijuana and it's making headlines in the state of Mississippi today. (laughs) I will fill you in. Also out of Georgia, a 12-year-old is now facing more than 80 charges for car theft. And I I, I said it, a 12-year-old boy. I will tell you about that. Plus, in Memphis, the DOJ announcing on Thursday that they're going to look into a civil rights investigation into the Memphis Police Department. All that over the uh, case from several months ago. We'll give you the latest out of the Bluff City. Plus, Mike Tyson would be proud. A woman, at least one woman, arrested in the state of Florida after a 4th of July fight in which a woman's ear was bitten off. Yee, that's kind of eerie. We'll give you the information on that. Plus, the Chincoteague Ponies swam on Thursday, the 98th annual swim of wild ponies in Virginia. I'll have info on our headlines of today plus subway to give free sandwiches for life to a person who what does this headline say i don't want to tell y'all the wrong thing this is almost as good as winning that lottery that's almost a billion dollars right now subway to give free sandwiches for life to person who changes their name to subway (laughs) all right y'all ready to change your name (laughs) maybe somebody's already done it i'll give you that headline throughout the day on the Y'all Show. We also have sports news as the ACC wrapped up its conference media days on Thursday in Charlotte. Today, in hour number one, we're going to hear from the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mac Brown was at the podium on Thursday, and he's got a very, a very good team. I think it was UNC that played in the ACC championship game against Clemson last year. I'm pretty dang sure of that. So, He was back in Charlotte, and we'll get to hear from UNC's 
very much respected and a former national champion coach at Texas, Mac Brown. We'll hear him in just a few minutes here in our Southern Sports Report Plus info today in our sports news on Joe Burrow. Jeremy Pruitt's got a new job back in his native state of Alabama. We'll tell you about that. The former Tennessee coach who left Rocky Top with a, a lot of problems for UT. We'll let you know about Pruitt. And we also have in our sports headlines today, Colorado leaves for the Big 12. How will that impact? In fact, ACC from media days there in Charlotte, there's a story out about possible ACC expansion. Now that the dominoes are falling again in conference realignment. So we'll have all that on our sports report today. Plus, in this first hour, speaking of sports, we're going to rewind back to Monday when we were on here talking about college football. And in our final segment of this first hour, we have I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And that is where we go back in time and play a, a section of our show that you might have missed. And so I see why am I in case y'all missed it today. We're going to walk through the FCS preseason top 25 poll that Athlon has come out with. This is for our 1AA schools. We got several from UT Martin to SIBO. We got the Furman Paladins, Sanford's in there, William and Mary's in there. All of that will be highlighted on today's ICYMI as we're one month away from the start of college football. Hour two today, in addition to our headlines, Paul Hare will be checking in. He's with the Hare Financial Group. And hey, I know he's got a lot to say about interest rates. And are we getting closer and closer to a recession? All that coming up in our discussion with Paul Hare in hour two. Also in hour two today, we've got our Dixie Cinema feature. And there is a new movie hitting theaters this weekend called Haunted Mansion. Now, I'll let you know what that's all about. Plus, more praise for last weekend's incredible weekend at the box office. I mean, it was a much-needed revenue stream coming in for the studios as they're currently now not making movies. They're out of the movie business for a while while actors and writers are on strike. Our Dixie Cinema, it's coming up at the end of hour two today plus in hour three today we got hashtag hullabaloo and today in addition to getting it started with our traditional kickoff to the weekend song of party crowd we're going to move over to an eagles classic as this week we lost a founding member of the eagles randy meisner he passed away wednesday we're going to tell you more about him he's not a southern boy but he was a huge part of the eagles early success and we'll salute randy meisner and the other great Eagles members, some of which have already left us, in addition to Meisner. We're going to play the song that was the first million seller for the Eagles and a Randy Meisner co-write on this one. He helped write the opening words to take it to the limit. We're going to play that in our final hour today. Plus, we'll tell you in hashtag Huddleblue in our final hour all about Eagle brand milk. Yeah, we'll fill you in on some of the history and how you can use Eagle brand milk. I love that stuff. I really do. It's probably not healthy for you, but we'll let you know all about it. And that shows up on a, uh, it used to be called a tweet. I don't know if they're still called that because Twitter has renamed itself X. Uh, I wonder what Elon Musk, um, we need to get a, a some kind of direction from him on what we're supposed to call these things now. But all that coming up in a hashtag, Huddle Blue, 
Plus, in hour three, we're going to hear more from the ACC Media Days. Davo Sweeney, the Clemson head football coach, at the microphone on Thursday at ACC Media Days. And we'll hear from the Clemson coach, who's already led that program to two national championships in the last couple of years. So, hold that tiger, y'all. They're in Death Valley, Clemson, South Carolina. You ought to get ready. You're going to have a maybe a better season this year. You ended up having a, a ACC championship season last year. But Clemson fans, they, they, they had a rough go of it there with a loss to the Gamecocks, for God's sakes. They lost to Shane Beamer at Death Valley. Spencer Rattler was a superhero in that final regular season game. And then Clemson in the bowl game against the Tennessee Vols, <laughs> Rocky Top crushed Clemson. And so we're going to talk about Clemson and more in our final hour of this The Y'all Show. If you want to reach us, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is mail, M-A-I-L, mail, at y'all.com. It's extremely easy to catch up, catch up with us here. And just drop us an email and we will do our best to get in touch with you. Let's get into these news headlines before we move over to hearing from Mac Brown in the forthcoming segment. So Donald Trump in the big national news today as the former president is now facing new charges in a case accusing him of illegally possessing classified documents with now prosecutors alleging that he asked a staffer to delete camera footage at his Mar-a-Lago estate in an effort to obstruct a federal investigation into the records. What's going on here? This new indictment includes extra charges of obstruction and willful retention of the national defense information, adding fresh detail to a criminal case issued last month against Trump and a close aide. Hmm. Where are we going to go with this? The latest allegations make clear the vast and still not fully known scope of legal exposure that Trump faces. And he's in a race for the White House currently. Now, this latest indictment from Thursday is from special counsel Jack Smith, and it centers on this surveillance footage that was at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach, Florida. And it's claiming that he ordered stuff to be deleted. Now, Trump comes out through a spokesperson and says the new charges are nothing more than a continued and desperate and flailing attempt by the Biden administration to harass President Trump and those around him to try to influence the 2024 presidential race, of which Trump is by far the leading candidate on the Republican side. So we will see where this takes us. Trump. That's, that's a pretty significant claim that Jack Smith's making here against Trump. And I guess they probably have evidence. We'll find out. Again, Trump claims this is all political. And is it going to mortally wound him going forward on his effort to get back into the White House? We'll keep you updated on any more developments in this case and all the other legal woes DJT's got going on right now. Here's a story that caught my eye as a guy who has flown out of this airport a number of times. Nashville International Airport, a.k.a. BNA. There's a new state law in Tennessee, and because of this new state law, there's no now, there's not a clear agreement 
about who's actually in charge of airport operations at Nashville International Airport. And this airport, just to the east of Nashville, just off of Interstate 40, in the good old Donaldson area, just off of the tasty Donaldson Pike, that <laughs> uh, comes when BNA, the airport, is, is booming. Its annual passengers, having more than doubled over the past decade, they had over 21 million passengers coming into Nashville in the 2023 fiscal year. 21.8 million passengers last year fiscal year and so there's this nonprofit metro nashville airport authority and it and the state officials are arguing that a new group of state appointees has taken over the authority's board but federal officials in the city contend the old board picked by nashville's mayor still has power so there's a power struggle at an airport how are they going to solve it are they going to get out there on the tarmac and duke duke it out We'll, we'll find out, but uh, there's a hearing today in Nashville about it, and we'll find out if they figure out who's in charge. Who's on first in Nashville? Nashville has a mayor that is a Democrat, and his name is John Cooper, and he's cried foul on this change, again, coming from the state legislature, which is Republican-dominated in the state of Tennessee. And, of course, I want to let you know that this is a common thing even in places like Charlotte, there's been questions of who's in charge of your airports as there was a shift to control the Charlotte Douglas International Airport from a separate board in that city. Jackson, Mississippi had a problem there at uh, Jackson McKellar Sipes Airport, not McKellar, Jackson Medgar Evers Airport in Jackson, Mississippi. So we, you know, these airports are such a massive massive part of the local communities and here people are fighting for power and i just want them to cool it down and sit over there in the terminal like everybody else this is my best uh, advice sad news out of newberry south carolina today as a member of the newberry police department has died in the line of duty lieutenant michael wood as he died after His unmarked patrol car collided with a tractor-trailer Wednesday night while he was on duty. According to the South Carolina Highway Patrol, this crash happened on South Carolina Highway 395 in the city of Newberry. And that happened at the intersection of Nance and Dixie Drive in Newberry. Newberry, by the way, is about 45 minutes from Columbia. It's, It's nearly about halfway between Columbia, South Carolina and Greenville, South Carolina. A lovely little place, home of Newberry College, the Lutheran College of the Southeast, frankly. I, I don't think there's too many Lutheran colleges in the South, and Newberry, home of Newberry College, the Indians of Newberry that are now Red Wolves or something like that, Wolves. Uh, Newberry Police Chief Kevin Goodman called Wood the ultimate public servants, servant who had dedicated the last 20 years of his life to the Newberry police department again dying in a crash in newberry south carolina police officer lieutenant michael wood dying at the age of 48 sad news and another member of our law enforcement gone way too soon also in south carolina have you seen the footage of this thing nancy mace is the congressman out of the charleston area in the low country 
Congressional District of South Carolina. And at a speech, at a prayer breakfast, actually, this week, for Tim Scott, it was is to help her buddy out, the guy that actually used to have that same congressional seat before he got to be the senator for the Palmetto State. Nancy Mays getting a little X-rated at a, at a prayer breakfast. This is, this is what she told people. When I woke up this morning at 7, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. I got to get to the prayer breakfast, and I got to be on time, she said. Yeah, that's just not cool, Nancy Mace. You should know better. Senator Scott, her fellow South Carolinian, South Carolinian hosting this 13th annual, 13th annual South Carolina prayer breakfast in Washington on Wednesday. And, yeah, a little TMI coming from this 40-something congressman out of South Carolina, Nancy May. She, she, she might want to be reminded that this was a prayer breakfast, the 13th annual prayer breakfast, and she doesn't need to be hinting about what her fiancé, I don't think she's married to this guy. She's been married before. I actually went and met with her in 2000, it might have been 2000, when she was just getting married the first time. She married a guy right out of college. And I, I went up and met with her. And uh, I think she's been married another time. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I've got a few of those myself. <laughs> but I'm not going out to a prayer breakfast and hinting about possible sexual activity before a prayer breakfast. Come on. Come on, lady. I think she might have been overdosing on a little bit too much coffee there on that uh, event in Washington, D.C. Okay, another wild headline. Did you realize there's something called Cheech and Chong's Cannabis Company? <laughs> well, there is, and Cheech and Chong's Cannabis Company and Southern Sky Brands have now partnered to expand access to medical cannabis for Mississippi patients. And Tommy Chong, yeah, the same guy from Cheech and Chong, with a statement, he is the co-founder of Cheech and Chong's Cannabis Company, dude, and... His statement says, this partnership is all about the patients. We want to ensure the people of Mississippi that they have access to safe, effective, and compassionate medical cannabis options. By combining our knowledge and resources with Southern Sky Brands, we can make a real difference in improving the lives of patients in need. His fellow co-founder, a guy named Cheech Marin, yeah, Cheech and Chong, y'all, and their cannabis company, Cheech added, we believe in the power of medical cannabis to provide relief and promote wellness. They're sounding like big professionals, Cheech and Chong. And how about it? I guess somewhere in Mississippi and maybe in some of our other southern states, you can go get you a dose if you have the right prescription and right permission for a little Cheech and Chong cannabis, medical marijuana, medical cannabis products. I should correct myself. And you can uh, light it up, I guess. I'm not sure how how that works. I remember seeing those Cheech and Chong movies back in the day off of VHS tape. And um, it's amazing that, that Cheech, at least, has had went from those movies to being a serious actor. Wasn't he on 
one of the CBS series for a long time? I'm, 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 I'm pretty darn sure. Yes, I know he was. And so uh, a good actor and now a businessman, too. Out of Georgia, a 12-year-old is now facing more than 80 charges and strings of alleged car thefts in the Peach State. Uh, the 12-year-old been arrested by the Griffin, Georgia Police Department. As they said, the unidentified boy arrested this week. He's been charged with 84 counts of entering an auto, an additional five counts of criminal trespass for the 12-year-old. And he's three years away from even being able to legally drive, and he's breaking into cars. They've got camera footage, and that footage helping to identify the suspect. Several businesses on the North Expressway corridor, they uh, reported a string of car thefts over the past month, and now it looks like they got the goods on this 12-year-old Georgia boy facing more than 80 charges of car theft in the peach state of Georgia. Where do they learn even how to do this stuff? Also out of Georgia, civil rights groups are condemning what's coming up this weekend, Soul Fest. They don't like Soul Fest, not because of what Soul Fest is all about, a little soul music, but they're mad about where this is going to be taking place. Soul Fest this weekend is going to be held at Stone Mountain Park outside of Atlanta and if you've been to Stone Mountain lovely place they got a big gigantic statue or actually a sculpture up on the mountain on that big gigantic Stone Mountain there's a statue carved out or a monument carved out that's got Confederate President Jefferson Davis on a horse as well as Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee The I think they used to have billboards I saw them several years ago in Atlanta that said the South's favorite rock group and that would be General Lee, General Jackson and Jefferson Davis I love that billboard (laughs) well guess what this event is taking place this weekend called Soul Fest and now civil rights groups are angry that people would actually book this thing and go in it is a concert series a way to according to the NCAA NAACP to the local president in Atlanta, Richard Rose, he said, Soul Fest is a way to, quote, normalize and sanitize the hateful message of the park. I don't think so. Stone Mountain is just a great park. And yeah, it's got the Confederate connection there, but that's part of Georgia's history. And they have done everything there to soften that. Yeah, you got a big old carving up on the mountain, but that that thing's a, a thing of beauty. And I think it was the same sculptor that did Mount Rushmore. I think I'm right on that, that did Stone Mountain. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, when you're trying to put on an event, there aren't probably a lot of places in Atlanta that can hold a big crowd in an outdoor setting and that's part of a park system. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to defend why they chose to do this, but Stone Mountain is a 3,200-acre park northeast of downtown atlanta it's a state park and you know back in 2021 the parks board voted to relocate flags of the confederacy from a busy walking trail and they got a history of course of uh, i went there in the 1970s i remember going there and seeing this thing they had that light show there 
that's pretty amazing. So, but they still got the giant carving. That carving measures 190 feet across and 90 feet tall. And the Soul Fest concert is going to take place on a lawn that faces the monument, just uh, you know, right there in, in Atlanta. So I don't know. I think it's much ado. I mean, most people in Atlanta know exactly what Stone Mountain's about, and they know that yeah, you got the carving, but there's a gigantic park there that you can go and enjoy and have a good time. So we'll keep you updated on anything that happens off of that story. Lastly, here on the headlines of the South today. Great, great feel-good story to wrap up. The Chincoteague Ponies did their swim this week as thousands of people gathered at Chincoteague in the Assateague Channel of Virginia. This is the sort of islands in the Chesapeake Bay. And each year, there's an annual tradition where the ponies of Chincoteague Island swim. They swim across the Chesapeake Bay. And this is part of an annual fundraiser for the Chincoteague Volunteer Fire Company, which uh, manages the wild pony herd. If you ever get the classic children's novel, Misty of Chincoteague, it tells about all this. So it was just a beautiful thing to see. And if you haven't seen it, it is a, a pretty, pretty beautiful thing. I just said that. Yeah. Um, Chincoteague and wild ponies in Virginia swimming around in the summer months and uh, there's a bunch of those wild ponies there and they swim from the Assateague Channel and they come ashore on the east side of Chincoteague foals are then auctioned off to help control the size of the wild pony herd although a few are designated to return to Assateague Island to remain and help replenish the herd there so again this is a big fundraiser and this was the 98th year that they got together there in the Chesapeake Bay area of Virginia to pull off this amazing sight of the Chincoteague Island swim. All right, we love that here. We love our animals of the South. And how about those wild horses coming out of Virginia? That wraps up our news headlines here of the first hour. When we come back, we've got an update on Southern sports. We're going to hear from the head football coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, Mac Brown, as he was at ACC Media Days on Thursday. All that is coming right up. of the North Carolina Tar Heels. I was waiting for that familiar fight song they got, but I guess if you're a UNC fan, you got a nice little combination of songs. Maybe when that 
familiar song gets played here in a second, I will pull that up. Hey, we're talking about the Hills today because they were at ACC Media Days in Charlotte on Thursday. We're going to hear from Mac Brown, the head coach of North Carolina, in just a moment as he's getting ready to lead his program again. Mac Brown, the venerable coach, the Cookville. Yeah, I think he's from Cookville, Tennessee. I think his dad might have been the head coach at Tennessee Tech way back in the day. And, of course, Watson Brown's his brother, former head coach at the Vanderbilt Commodores. And a, let's see, he played at Vanderbilt. Mac Brown went to Florida State, actually, for college. Here's that song. Enjoy. like that yeah that's the more familiar unc fight song here at the y'all show welcome back we're talking southern sports on this friday and we've got a lot of stuff to cover here on today's y'all show so don't let me uh hold you back from the coverage of southern sports first of all the big before we get into hearing from mac brown in a moment the big story that broke thursday was colorado moving to the big 12 it was a unanimous vote by their board of governors of the leadership there in boulder and they're heading now to the big 12a conference of which they helped start in the 1990s and then left around 2011 to go join the pac-12 and thumbs up colorado buffaloes i know that's not out of that's kind of out of our southern footprint but what a what a what a good job there and and they're smart about this the pac-12s television deal expires at the end of this academic slash athletic year and so they're going to be able to jump into the big 12 and not have any kind of penalty no financial penalty and that's very smart they got a and Deion sanders said this the athletic director at colorado just might be the best one in the country i mean for him to get Deion Sanders and the vision to bring him in. And I know Deion has not coached one game yet for the Buffaloes. <laughs> but I, I think that's going to be a decent team this year. We'll find out. Their first opponent is TCU on the road, by the way, in Fort Worth. But if Dion can somehow get that team to a bowl game and they were one of the worst teams in college football last year and the excitement that he's brought into that program and now they're moving to the Big 12 and they're going to be playing teams like Oklahoma State in the future, some of their old Big 8 foes, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and then they've got the Texas schools that will be on their schedule regularly, like the TCUs. Houston is now in the Big 12. So they're, they're excited in Colorado to be focusing more eastward instead of to the Pac-12. Remember, UCF is now a Big 12 member, so you're going to have a battle one day of the black and gold of UCF versus the black and gold and silver of the Buffaloes of Colorado. So that that was the big story breaking on Thursday. And how does that tie into the ACC? Well, the ACC is continuing to look at a possible expansion, according to Jim Phillips, the commissioner. As on Thursday, ACC Commissioner Phillips 
told ESPN that he's closely monitoring this new Pac-12 fallout of them losing a conference member and he is routinely examining how realignment can shift the ACC's position in the financial hierarchy of the Power Five. His quote to ESPN, Jim Phillips's quote, the ACC has been and remains highly engaged in looking at anything that makes us a better and stronger conference. We've spent considerable time on expansion to see if there's anything that fits. We have a tremendous group of institutions, but if there was something that made us better, we would absolutely be open to it. So who would go to the ACC? That, that, that's the logical question. My right out of the gate answer to that would be West Virginia moving out of the Big 12 to the ACC. I think West Virginia has proven to be a, a Power 5 college. And they've come a long way. They used to be in the Southern Conference back when Jerry West was playing hoops for them in the late 60s and early 50s. Uh, late late 50s, early 60s. And so West Virginia would be a, a logical fit to the ACC. If they had their way, the most likely fit would be Notre Dame. But this week, I remember we played the clip. Phillips of the ACC said that, ACC, that what Notre Dame wants is to still be an independent in football. They're having it both ways, but it is a little, I won't say alarming, surprising might be the best word, to hear an ACC commissioner just come out and say that possible expansion of his conference is not out of the question. Mac Brown is the head coach of North Carolina. He was the coach there back in the 90s, then went to Texas, then comes back to North Carolina led them to the ACC championship game in 2022 and has done a, 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 a better-than-expected job in Chapel Hill, in, in my opinion. Thursday, he brought alongside some of his great players to ACC Media Days. Let's go in and hear now the lovable, if you, uh, if you know the guy, coach of UNC talking at the microphone. Let's join us in progress. Mac Brown. North Carolina head coach. After that, we, we played much better in the ACC. We, uh, we averaged giving up 24 points a game, which is pretty good modern day, at least middle of the pack or a little bit better. Um, I do feel good about our secondary. Uh, we were able to hire Jason Jones, who worked with Charlton Warren, our, our, one of our defensive coordinators at Indiana. So that, that's been a seamless transition. Um, so I think we're going to be good on defense. And we got to be more aggressive. We got to be more aggressive up front. We got to stop the run more on first down because now people are uh, they're, they're if it's a third down and seven, they're they're going to go for fourth down. So they're going to try to run the ball on third down or hit a short pass and then go for a fourth and four. So the game's changed. Uh, but Coach Chiswick's got the second year under his belt. Uh, the staff will be good together, and, and uh, I, f- I feel like we'll be good. And, and we'll get tested early. We've got a, a really tough schedule to start the season with some very physical teams. Some team South Carolina's going to run the ball. App State will run the ball. Minnesota's going to run the ball, and Pitt's going to run the ball. So it'll be a it'll be a great four games to start out to see if we've improved like we think we have on defense. That's Mac Brown at ACC Media Days, and as he talked about there, his opening opponent this year is South Carolina. As these two teams get together in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium that Labor Day weekend, prime time on that Saturday night, 
And that's where College Game Day will be for the first week of college football there in Uptown Charlotte between the Heels and the Gamecocks. And he mentioned he's got Appalachian State. They're coming to Keenan Stadium. Last year, North Carolina just, just got past App State in the game played in Boone. Really weird to see North Carolina playing a game in Boone, North Carolina, but they did. And they went over there and they barely pulled out the victory. As I said, Mac Brown, the 71-year-old coach who was born in Cookville, Tennessee, he actually started his playing career at Vanderbilt, but would transfer as a running back to FSU and graduate from that university. He's been the head coach at Tulane, North Carolina, Texas, and now since 2019, back at UNC, coaching the Hills. And last year, led them to the ACC championship game where they captured the Coastal Division. They lost their Holiday Bowl game. But this year will be his fifth year, already in his second tenure in Chapel Hill, leading this program. And he's had decent seasons. He, he hasn't quite taken them to the mountaintop. But remember, he had a winning season back in 2019 and won the Military Bowl. And then after that, he, he pulled off an eight-win season in 2020, eight and four went to the Orange Bowl, actually. And then they had a uh, losing season when they played in 21, but came back last year with a 9-5 and record and lost that Holiday Bowl game and lost the ACC championship to Clemson. But Mac Brown of UNC at ACC Media Days. In Hour 3 today, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Clemson Tigers, your reigning ACC champions, Dabo Sweeney. All that will be served up to you in our final hour of this the program that truly does cover everything southern one nfl note to tell you about the former the former signal caller of the lsu bayou Bengals and a national champion for coach ed orgeron cincinnati Bengal quarterback joe burrow ended up being carted off the field during a practice thursday with an injury to his right calf Burrow was rolling to the right during drills when he pulled up short in what appeared to be a non-contact injury and had to be carted off the field. So we wish the Ohio native, but a guy with Mississippi roots, all the best as he had that rough, rough first year. In 2021 in the NFL, he had to recover from a torn ACL that uh, he got during his rookie season of 2020. So Joe Burrow, we will keep our eye on Cincinnati and wish him well with this little bit of a little bit of a injury hiccup that he had to go through this week. Also, a guy that had college connections now out of the college world, it appears, as the former head coach of the Tennessee Vols, Jeremy Pruitt, he's got him a new job. And he's going to be coaching, not on the college level, but Jeremy Pruitt has been hired as a teacher and assistant coach at Plainview High School. That is his alma mater in Rainsville, Alabama. Yep, hired as a PE teacher at Plainview, and uh, he will also coach junior high basketball in DeKalb County, not far from Fort Payne. According to the principal of Plainview in Alabama, Jeremy Pruitt's a hero. And the 49-year-old hero will be back in his hometown 
helping inspire youngsters. Of course, Pruitt was fired as the UT head coach in 21, January of 2021, after an investigation into widespread NCAA violations within the Vols program. Earlier this month, the NCAA issued Jeremy Pruitt a six-year show cause penalty and a suspension of one year, making it virtually impossible to work in college athletics during that time. Pruitt has planned to appeal those actions from the NCAA. Pruitt played defensive back for Gene Stallings in the mid-1990s at Alabama. He then went on to be an assistant under Nick Saban. He's got a long history in college sports. While at Tennessee, he was 15-19 and 19 as a head coach, but a lot of a lot of problems, and we should congratulate Jeremy Pruitt's wife, Casey. She was also hired at Plainview, and she's going to be a reading and math intervention teacher. So the Pruitts are having a good old time back in their native Rainsville, Alabama, on Sand Mountain at uh, Plainview School, wishing them all the best in 2023. <laughs> That's a quick look at some sports news and notes here in our first hour of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we will keep the sports theme going, actually. Earlier this week, we told you all about the FCS Top 25, and I'm going to play a portion of that from our earlier show in the week. It's called ICYMI, in case y'all missed it, and it is coming up next. A little college football for the for the little guys, a little love of our Southern teams that made it into the Top 25, and we'll repeat that section of our show when we come back. of the Skyhawks of UT Martin. Why are we playing their fight song on this Friday edition of the Y'all Show? Because this OVC program is in the preseason top 25 of college football. In fact, earlier this week on the Y'all Show, I told you all about Athlon's top 25. And today we're going to have our ICYMI, in case y'all missed it. And let's start off with a little love for the Tribe of William and Mary. That's the highest ranked team in this Athlon preseason top 25. We're going to wrap up this first hour with our ICY, our going back to our Monday show where this was featured. And uh, let's let's pick up the pace here and talk about the tribe and Skyhawks and more. But then the reason we played the fight song of William and Mary earlier is the tribe out of the Coastal Athletic Conference now. They're the number four preseason team. So congratulations, Tribe. They've got running backs Bronson Yoder and Malachi Emo coming back alongside Darius Wilson at quarterback. So look out, Williamsburg, for the Tribe of the CAA this year. Also, out of the South, the Furman Paladins are going to be coming into the top ten. They're number six in the Athlon preseason poll. Furman's got 18 starters there in Greenville, South Carolina. And they helped lead the FCS in turnovers with 29 gained turnovers and 10 block kicks last year. Quite a turnaround from a team that's been sputtering for a number of years. 
in Greenville, South Carolina. The Furman Paladins, number six in this preseason poll. Other southern teams that are showing up. How about the Red Hawks, the Red Hawk Indians of SEMO in Cape Girardeau, southeast Missouri, which had a great season last year. They went 7-0 and in the OVC. They're in the preseason top ten at number nine. The Lions out of Hammond, Louisiana, and the Southland Conference. Southeastern Louisiana checks in at number 11. You also have out of Texas. All right, we've run out of time with our Athlon preseason top 25. More of the Y'all Show coming up. Number two of this Friday Y'all Show. We've got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group checking in in a few minutes. And we're going to get the skinny on what the heck's going on on Wall Street. Why did Jerome Powell do what he did this week? All that coming up in our talk with Paul Hare in just a handful of minutes. Also, we've got our look at the new movies hitting theaters this weekend. Haunted Mansion is one of them. I'm going to tell you all about it as part of our Dixie Cinema Spotlight of the y'all show john rawl the general of all things southern is my name and i do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to get a dose of dixie here on the y'all show we're powered by y'all.com the south homepage. if you would like to get a podcast of this show that's pretty dang easy to do all you got to do is check out one of the various apps that serve up the y'all show each and every day we're on spotify just search for Y'all Show. We are on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Y'all Show. We're on the TuneIn app. Search for Y'all Show. We are on Apple Podcasts. Search for Y'all Show. And we're also in Apple iTunes. I'm not even going to tell you what to do there. It should be, you know, tattooed on your brain by now. Search for Y'all Show, dadgummit. And then we're also at y'all.com. So plenty of ways for you to catch the podcast edition of the show. We've got more than 600 episodes ready for you to listen to when you go check out the Y'all Show podcast. So we've got all that right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Coming up in hour three today, a tribute to the Eagles as they just lost one of their founding members on Wednesday, Randy Meisner. We'll play a song that he's famous for, a co-write the first million seller for the Eagles, Take It to the Limit. All that is part of our Friday free-for-y'all to get our number three underway. Let's pick up with headlines from across the southeast here to start off this second hour of the Y'all Show. Our headline, first of all, coming out of Newberry, South Carolina, where an on-duty officer for the Newberry Police Department has lost his life in the line of duty. Lieutenant Michael Wood died at age 48 after his unmarked patrol car collided with a tractor-trailer truck in Newberry. Newberry is roughly halfway between Columbia and Greenville, South Carolina, and a hero in blue now gone as a Newberry, South Carolina police officer loses his life in the line of duty, Lieutenant Michael Wood. Elsewhere across the southeast in our headlines of today, if you were living in the state of Mississippi and you need some uh, some help, 
there's medical cannabis. And now Cheech and Chong, you know, the guys made famous for their smoking pot on film, probably the first people to ever do that, now that I think about it. Cheech and Chong have their own company called the Cheech and Chong's Cannabis Company. And they partnered with a company called Southern Sky Brands to expand access to medical cannabis products in the Magnolia State. And Tommy Chong and Cheech Marin sound like real business people with their statements out this week, talking about how their partnership is all about the patients. By combining our knowledge and resources with Southern Sky Brands, we can make a real difference in improving the lives of patients in need. Cheech and Chong have come a long way, don't you think, from some of those wacky 70s movies or early 80s when they were doing their thing, lighting it up, making really a mockery out of getting high. And then others have carried that tradition on. <laughs> like, uh, what is the one about uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? That's a, that's a kind of a modern, I won't even say that, that movie's 25 years old now. Uh, but it kind of carried along with that theme of getting stoned and then, ah, man, I, I don't want to talk about it. The heck, the heck with it. But uh, Cheech and Chong, the business folks, y'all. A 12-year-old boy in Georgia is now facing more than 80 charges of alleged car thefts. There is video in Griffin, which is south of Atlanta, that helped identify the young suspect. 12 years old, not even a teen, and now arrested or being detained, if nothing else, charged with 84 counts of entering an auto and an additional five counts of criminal trespass. Now, that's one kid that needs to be shown a video game and say, okay, you need to be playing video games. You don't need to be breaking into cars. Okay, got it. But this is a common thing. And this is, again, out of South Atlanta in the Griffin area. The Department of Justice has announced that they're going to have an investigation into the Memphis Police Department as the feds are looking into multiple claims of excessive use of force Thursday, the DOGA announcing that they're investigating allegations also of discriminatory, discriminatory policing by Memphis Police Department. All this stems from the death of the 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, who was beaten by Memphis police officers during a January traffic stop. As the DOJ announcing a civil rights probe into the Memphis policing. The U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Tennessee, Kevin Ritz, in a statement said, Here's the thing. Public safety requires public trust in law enforcement. The police officers who risk their lives every day in the line of duty need the public to trust them. So a big, big, a big, big uh, magnifying glass now on the Memphis Police Department. Are they really doing bad things there as the Tyree Nichols case evidently shows that there were some definite shenanigans going on with MPD in the city of Memphis. A woman in Florida has been arrested. In fact, two of them. Now that I'm looking at the story, two women arrested in connection with a 4th of July fight that resulted in a woman biting part of the other woman's ear off. I love this woman's name. 18-year-old Dixie Styles. Dixie charged with battery and 23-year-old, love this girl's name, at least her last name, Macy Reagan. Macy and Dixie 
charged with felony battery causing bodily harm. That, according to the Bay County, Florida Sheriff's Office. Deputies encountered these two, Dixie and Macy, when they responded to an assault and battery call. And when they got there, the investigation revealed that the house party being thrown was by minors. And just after midnight, a fight happened involving several men in a yard. I'm looking at the mug shots, and one of these ladies has a black, a black eye. Uh, according to the reports, Reagan was trying to leave to walk to her home when she was confronted by Dixie Styles, who accused her of stealing alcohol and vape pens. And at some point, Reagan allegedly pulled out a 9mm handgun from her waistband. Styles shoved the firearm away, and a fight ensued. During the fight, Reagan bit off the top of Styles' ear. Let me see if I can see that. Yeah. In the mugshot for both of them, as they're at the Bay County, Florida Sheriff's Office, one of them's got a black eye, the other one's got what looks like a headband, but actually that's something I'm sure put there to help with her ear because Reagan bit off the top of Dixie Styles' ear. Hmm. An eerie, eerie case of a bunch of idiots, it looks like, out of Bay County, Florida, and now they've both been arrested after uh, trying to channel a little Mike Tyson. And lastly, in our headlines of this hour of the Y'all Show, Subway. How would you like to have that name? Well, guess what? If you are willing to change your name to Subway, you just might receive free Subway sandwiches for life as part of Subway's campaign to find their biggest fan. Fans can visit the name or the website SubwayNameChange.com between August 1st and August 4th to enter the contest. The winner will receive $750 to cover the cost of legally changing their name, along with $50,000 in Subway gift cards. A winner will be chosen via a random drawing August 7th. <sighs> Subway. Subway Rawl. I, 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 I kind of like the name of it. Sounds sounds delicious, don't you think? But yeah, if you're willing to change your name to Subway, you might be set up for life to get Subway sandwiches. And you know what? I can handle that. I love that chain. I love the variety that they have there, from pizzas to the different sandwiches, and you can get flatbread and more. they got great drinks there, including tea, cookies. Yeah, Subway. I, I, I'm down with that. When we come back on the Y'all Show, Paul Hare is going to join us to talk about the week in finances here on the Y'all Show.
We're back on Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. I'm John Rawl, the General of the South, and we're now going to bring on the financial powerhouse of the South. I'm going to give him that nickname, the the guy that puts the, uh, the, the, the money in our pocket, at least we hope he does, Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group joining us here. It's been a wacky week, Paul. And I want to make sense of what uh, Jerome Powell did and all the other financial goings-on. So, Mr. Money, Paul, welcome back into the Y'all Show, sir. Well, it's good to be back. Good to be back. So, still fighting these allergies, so I'm going to sound a little bit like Froggy from our game. Well, I don't want to... Bear with me. I wanted to ask you how you're doing, but I really didn't mean from a health standpoint. I'm talking about from a wallet, wallet standpoint, how you doing? Well... Well, we watched all uh, gas go up this week. We watched uh, the Fed raise the interest rate. The market reacted by going down 260 points, but that was basically pulling profit off the table. Um, we're seeing now that if the market was open, it would be up about a little over 130 points. So we're going to get half. Right now, we would get half that correction back. So. Um, Really, right now, we we knew the rates were coming. Remember, I said we're going to have two more before the end of the year. Well, he went ahead and pulled the trigger on one. Uh, he may have a pause in uh, the next one um, and then pull the trigger in the November meeting. Or he could go ahead and pull it in the September meeting and wait and see what happens because uh trying to find, figure out how the, they want to handle the holiday season. So that's going to be a big factor. And we're waiting in 10 minutes. We're going to see what the uh, CP, CPI looks like. And so we're watching that. We're watching the 10-year getting close to a 4%, back to 4%. And so, uh, you know, we're at the highest rates we've been at in 22 years. So we're waiting to see now what's going to happen next. What was going on 22 years ago? Why was it at that level then? Well, that was the norm back then. I mean, you've got to remember in 2008, when the financial crisis hit, they cut interest rates so low to try to keep some of these institutions going and to keep the money flow going. And we kept it artificially so low for, good Lord, what, 15 years, really 14 years. And now we're having to raise them because inflation has taken off. Now, it depends on what part of inflation you want to fight. Because if you pull out food and gas and just say the core inflation, um, you know, it's not that it's going down. But when you put food and gas back in, inflation is back up. So, you know, it, 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 it depends on what happens. We also got, uh, you know, earnings is this week, uh, especially for all companies. And so, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. What I am seeing right now, though, what I'm seeing is we've already priced in this, this rate increase that Powell did. So, really, yesterday was just some people taking profit off the table and putting it back in. Uh, the the cash account. So, so what happened with Powell raising the interest rate? That was not a complete surprise. 
No, uh -uh. he'd already announced there would be two more. There would be two more rate increases. He announced that back in July when they did the pause. Okay. Or we're in July, excuse me, back in June. When we did the pause, he already announced, hey, look, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have two more. It's going to be, uh, 25 basis points. One could be as high as 50 basis points. Uh, but we're taking that pause. And so that's where everybody thought, okay, maybe he won't do it. But he gave us a warning that he would be raising uh, the interest rates. So, um, you know, people should not have been surprised. But like I've said, we already priced that into the market. Now, what's really getting interesting is you see uh, the five-year at uh, knocking on the door of 5%. Uh, on on interest, and that's why you're seeing short-term duration bonds really, really taking off, and that's where a lot of people are moving their money into short-term. Uh, you're seeing banks advertise 11-month CDs at 4.45, uh, uh, even as high as 5%, and that's because they're putting their money in that short duration and offering that for the first 11 months. Paul, I wanted to ask, okay, so you knew yeah. this was coming. You, right. you and people like you that follow this stuff closely. The question now is, is it necessary what Jerome Powell did? Uh, yes, it is, in my opinion. Um, we, we have got to get back to some type of normalcy. I mean, uh, it depends on which normalcy you want to look at. Do you want to look at the new norm or what has been historically the, normous, the normal for the markets? Uh, we have never had such low interest rates in, in my recollection or in any history, really, uh, that we had from 2008 to 2000, uh, 2021. We just, that was just unheard of. And it got the economy booming, it got everything going, but it came with a price. Now, we come back to is, how do we control it? Now, I'll tell you what really created the big problem was the shutdown under COVID. That, I mean, that created a supply problem so bad that uh, that really is what kind of fueled the inflation faster than the low interest rates. I think if we had not shut down our economy, um, all indications show that our inflation would have increased slower and we could have done it with more moderation on the increases instead of in a two-year period raise it as much as we have. So um, we've got to get, I mean, we've got to get some of this back down. We've got to get it within reason. You also got the wages in, increase. So how do you handle that? Do you come in and just basically create a recession where everybody's laid off and then you start the hire back and you start them back at low wages? Or do we just go ahead and figure in in our prices of all of our goods this higher wage? So, you know, who, who wants to be the Fed? Who wants to be in Congress? And who wants to be the president whenever uh, you start messing with the wage market? So no one. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking at. Uh, you know, 
I think we just better get ready to uh, to deal with uh, these these prices based on wage at this time, and uh, just deal with that, and not try to control the wage market as much. Visiting with Paul Hare, he is a financial planner and insurance broker. And Paul would love to work with you. His number is 731-664-0047. 731-664-0047. Now, Paul, I like talking to you. I, I really do. I really do. Well, thank you. <laughs> but you, you don't sound very positive about this stuff. You sound kind of down. Well, um, my, some of it may be my boy. I'm, I'm, I'm positive with the outlook of what we're going to see going forward if we continue the way we are okay I, I don't I don't foresee a a hard landing I think Powell's backed off of that what um, I'm more concerned about and what I don't want to see happen is we went into this trying to control wages and um I really don't think we ought to mess with the job market as much as fooling with interest rates because you know now that that can create problems. Now you could you could create a, a part where you just you you create a high unemployment and you do it by forcing people out of work. And what I mean by high unemployment is you come in you used to work and making say twenty dollars an hour at a job. And uh, they lay everybody off, and they come back, and then they're going to try to pay you fifteen dollars an hour. That's going to be different. So, so here we're, we're looking at the employment numbers right now. They're just now coming out. Yeah, it's just now coming out. Don't 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 don't. I mean, like literally, you're looking at them. I'm looking at him right now. Well, let us know. I'm on the edge of, I'm on the edge of my seat. Here we go. Here we we're, go. We're looking at job, uh, the job market. Uh, we added some jobs, but not as high as we anticipated. Uh, they're 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 coming out. They're kind of teasing you with this. The market's reacting. It's pre, it's pretty much staying the same. Core inflation. Uh, was up 0.2% as they predicted. Uh, it would go up 0.2%. So that's good. Uh, the main, that's, that's probably more important than the job market is looking at the, the CPE. That's what they're trying to config, figure out. See, hold on. I'm holding on. We're talking with Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group. His number is 731-664-0047. Again, Paul, a financial planner and insurance broker and normally a lot better sounding he's a little under the weather and some of this stuff coming out of jerome powell and washington dc is also not making him maybe the most cheerful guy today <laughs> well i mean like i said we knew this was going to happen so we knew that the interest the interest rates uh he was going to raise the 25 basis point so i'm not that's not what I'm more concerned about is what he's going to when. When are we going to announce uh, the rate cuts? Because he's already told us that he's going to cut rates in 2024. So, Paul, with, here we go. Oh, all right, I don't want to. 
Ru- ruin the mood here. No, it's, it's so the high mark, uh, high water mark of inflation was April twenty one. So we are seeing it coming down. Uh, we're looking at as as one guy, Rick Santelli, just said core deflation. Uh, if you want to call it that, because our our increases are going down. So. Uh, so here we are, core uh, year to date, we're up 4.1. It was supposed to be up, they predicted 4.2. So we're down a little. Um, what does that mean to the average person out there? Not really anything that the inflation is still out there. It's what we've got to deal with. The only way you're going to bring inflation down is you're going to have to increase our energy output. That is what everybody is saying. Mm-hmm. We've got to get back to where uh, gas is lower. So that's, you know, we, this, this is where we are stuck at. Uh, until you can control your energy costs, which controls our food costs, which controls our supply costs. You know, gas, what was, I filled up yesterday and it was, Three dollars and twenty nine cents a gallon. I've seen it as high as three thirty nine. And what were we a year ago? We were in the two two dollar range. And so, are we getting back to four dollars a gallon? I hope not. But there again, now consumer spending was up point four, and they were hoping it'd be up point five. So consumer spending wasn't as high as they wanted. But there again, it's still up. Uh, the two-year note is now at 4.8. The five-year note is at 4.1. Ten-year uh, note's at 3.9. And the four and the 30-year bond is at 4.02. So that's a, that's what you call a very inverted yield curve. Oh. When your two-year is high, almost 1% higher than your 30, that's a very inverted yield curve. So... Our word of the day, the inverted yield curve here with Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group. As we wrap up with you and with all the news coming out this week, though, I want to make sure that this is not happening or if you don't anticipate it happening, let me know, Paul Hare. The R, the R word. Recession? Yeah, recession. What's going Mm, on with that? I I think we're going to have a very soft landing. Uh, I know in West Tennessee area, we're probably not going to experience it at all uh, as far as employment. Uh, you know, you now I will not, I will tell you this, Ford has announced it's, it's slowing its production uh, of elect, uh, electric vehicles. Does that mean they're going to cut off Blue Oval? No, but I mean, some of their other models they're probably they announced they're going to be not producing as many so but in our area i don't think we'll see a a very big recession if any um because of the job market now nationwide yes we're going to see a recession there's nothing we can do about that there will be a recession nationwide but as far as it affecting us in west tennessee no now how will it affect the markets um that's the big thing. I'll tell you right now, one thing that's got a, people concerned is this thing going on with AT&T and Verizon over these uh, lead-covered uh, communication cables. Uh, you know, 
they, they don't want it to be like what happened with uh, uh, asbestos and bankrupt companies because you don't want to bankrupt uh, AT&T, but they're looking at it could be as high as a $10 billion cost to do something about these lead-covered communication cables. So that's going to be interesting for people who uh, in communications. You know, it could affect our... Um, it could have very well affect our uh, cell bill, and especially if you're with Verizon and AT&T, which they are the two main players. So we're going to be looking at that. We'll see how that transpires out. But really, the market is market is handling all the news very well. Um, you know, Japan has announced that they're not raising rates, but they're going to play with the yield curve, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. But... Uh, you know the the Japan uh, Japan ten year bond uh, year to date is up sixteen point two percent. So, but that's not the interest rate. Mm-hmm. The interest rate is still holding. So, uh, but that's the ten year uh, yield is up. If you had bought into that, you're doing pretty well. So, we're looking at the market. If it opened right now, it'd be up one hundred seventy five points. So, really, you know what I what we were hearing yesterday on phone calls. Very simply, is this that we do not suspect any changes in the Fed's forecast uh, by the end of the year. Next year, we're going to wait and see what they do the first two months. Paul Hare, Hare so Financial Group. Uh, <laughs> man, you uh, bring the knowledge. And I got me a new word I'm going to be dropping throughout the weekend the inverted yield curve, y'all. <laughs> Hey, Paul, thank you so much, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group. Just remember, I'm a representative of Security of America, SIPC. Yes, he is, and a proud member. All right. There you go. Hey, have a great weekend. Thank you so much, and get to feeling better. All right, thank you. All right, Paul Hare, everybody. We'll come back and talk about movies from money to movies. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be shaking it up right here on the show that shakes the Southland. myself as that here. I'm the general of all things Southern. But that right there, music from The Voice. I mean, The Voice. 
Alabama's own Vern Gosden. <laughs> Love that music. Love having you be part of our fun here on the Y'all Show on this Friday edition. We've got movies to talk about in a moment. Haunted Mansion is a new film hitting theaters. It's got Owen Wilson. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the Dallas boy, Owen Wilson, in a second. But got to go to the text lines here of the Y'all Show and got something in that we wanted to read to you. Texter says, I'd recommend y'all should do podcast and video stream in case people that might not be able to listen in the show to, to listen to. Well, I appreciate the text. I really do. But the Y'all Show is already on podcasts. Big time. Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, also Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you can find our podcast, the audio podcast at least, at y'all.com. But you bring up a good point on video. Throughout the years, we've done more than 600 shows of this, the Y'all Show, and throughout several, I won't say most, but several of those, video was a component, and you could watch our interviews, especially with a lot of the guests that we brought on. I think the most recent interview I did that's right there at y'all.com, you can see it, is Bill Dance. I had a fantastic interview with him last year, and he's got that familiar ball cap on. And you can see that right there at y'all.com. You can watch me and Bill Dance talk about fishing at y'all.com. But I want to tell you, Texter, when you're looking for more video We're working on it. We are working on a way that you can watch this show in its entirety. Not just listen, but watch. And we've got the equipment. We we actually have the equipment. we got the brain power. I I think we do. We're just, um, just days away. In fact, I'll be real with you here. I always envision the start of college football as kind of like the start of my production year. And so we're a month away from the start of college football. So look for the Y'all Show to be rolling out video in the next few weeks, rolling out more stuff, better guests. I mean, we're we're good, but we're going to be gooder in just a few weeks. So check it out, and I appreciate you wanting the video. Uh, we we've got uh, we got a pretty cool setup here. And I'm not the world's worst-looking person, I don't think. So video should work. But what I really want to do is show off the beautiful people that come on the Y'all Show, which includes you. (laughs) Got another texter here that we want to get to here, and it says, I doubt you guys have the brain power. Well, I appreciate the uh, kind words there. Texter says, I doubt you guys have the brain power, but I'm very excited for this video possibility. Make it happen. We're working on it. Like I said, we already – I mean, I personally – have bought some lights and we got cameras the problem with video is it's just one more thing you got to do and uh, it can go wrong often and so if you're willing to give us a chance we may not be perfect on the video thing like well, i hope we're pretty pretty good at the at the radio and podcast thing but we, we'll do it we'll do it because we're we know that when you're out there on video, you reach a whole lot more folks and you reach areas of the South that we're trying to that uh, may not want to listen to us. They want to they want to watch us. And look, I'm a guy that loves to go home. And one of my favorite things to do is sit in my bed and sometimes lay in my bed and pull up crazy things on YouTube. 
And so we're on YouTube. We have a Y'all Show YouTube channel. It's just most of those videos are more than a year old, and so we're going to try to get that going, and, and you'll be able to watch the Y'all Show, hopefully in its entirety. That is that's that is the plan. So texters, and I've just had a couple of them come in. Thank you for that. Again, a reminder, you can text us here at the Y'all Show. We've got a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week text line that you can reach us, and that number is 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. And then for our powerhouse flagship station, Super Talk 93.1, we've got the See Me Tree Service text line, and that is 731-410-7560. So thank you, everybody, for being a part of the Y'all Show. Let's talk about movies for a moment before we close out this second hour of the Y'all Show. Debuting this weekend, it is Haunted Mansion. And Texas-born Owen Wilson, he's in this one, as well as Lakeith Stanfield, Rosario Dawson, and Tiffany Haddish. What is Haunted Mansion? It's kind of a comedy drama. A single mom named Gabby hires a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion after discovering it is inhabited by ghosts. I wonder why this is not coming out in October. But it's not. It's coming out at the end of July. Haunted Mansion making its debut this weekend. And as I said, one of the co-stars of this film is Owen Wilson. And in this film, he is playing the role of Kent. Kent. Haunted Mansion. And he's had a busy 2023 as he's already appeared in Ant-Man and the Wasp and Paint that has already come out in 2023 Owen Cunningham Wilson, who was born November 18, 1968, in Dallas. The middle child of three sons of photographer Laura Cunningham Wilson and Robert Andrew Wilson. His mom's still alive. His dad passed away back in 2017. His dad was an advertising executive, and he helped operate a public TV station. Owen's got brothers Andrew and Luke Wilson. Luke is a pretty famous actor himself. And uh, how about this? He got expelled growing up in school for cheating in geometry. Hmm. And so he had to go to the New Mexico Military Institute, NMMI. Not quite VMI, and certainly not the Citadel. <laughs> go Bulldogs. Uh, he would go on to later attend UT Austin, where he was working on a Bachelor of Arts degree in English, but did not graduate. But while in college, he ended up meeting and became roommates with a guy named Wes Anderson. And Wes Anderson has done a heck of a job directing films and more. And uh, what a what a career he's had as he, as a director, has worked on films like Rushmore. And he's done Isle of Dogs. The Royal Tenenbaums is a Wes Anderson film. And again, he met Owen. I wonder if they were sober when they met at UT Austin. Or maybe they were uh, uh, a little bit on the high side. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to accuse him of doing such stuff, so let me retract that, y'all, for the record. But uh, Wes and Owen have a very long history. So, And now, Owen Wilson. I love this guy. I love all the... Ver- he, he's had quite a variety of... Of films. His first film was back in 1994, Bottle Rocket, when he was just in his mid-20s. 
and uh, then went on to be, I didn't realize he was in The Cable Guy, but he was Robin's date in that great Jim Carrey movie. And then he went on to be in Anaconda. I love Meet the Parents. He was in that, as well as the Royal Tenenbaums that I just told you Wes Anderson directed. The movie Behind Enemy Lines, that came out in 2001, where he played Lieutenant Chris Burnett. That's a great, it's not a comedy. It's a really good sort of war film based in Yugoslavia back in the 1990s. Great, great film that Owen Wilson appeared in. He was in Starsky and Hutch, The Big Bounce, and then when you start talking about great films, the John Beckwith directed Wedding Crashers, where he and Vince Vaughn in that 2005 film, truly one of the most fun movies made ever. In my, I'm just going to go out and say it. I, I could watch that movie a thousand times and laugh my tail off. Wedding Crashers. That also features the great Dwight Yoakam right there at the beginning of it. Wedding Crashers was his great movie. Then he had Marley and Me. That was a, a tearjerker. And then, uh, listen closely as I say this, he was in the movie Little Fuckers. And that one as well as Free Birds and all the Cars movies. He's just had one heck of a career, and it continues. Owen Wilson, and now appearing in this brand new film, hitting theaters this weekend, playing the role of Kent in Haunted Mansion, a supernatural horror comedy film that's directed by Justin Seaman and Kate Katie Dippold also wrote the screenplay for this film, and it's a reboot adaptation based on the Haunted Mansion, and it's uh, hitting theaters this weekend, so check it out if you get a chance. Also this weekend, hitting theaters across the country, we have Talk to Me. Talk to Me is brand new, and it hopes to have the same success that Barbie had last weekend. What a what a weekend, for sure, uh, with, with that film last weekend. Oppenheimer and Barbie both coming out, and now this other movie available for all y'all if you can make it to the theaters, and you can have a great, great time. And again, Oppenheimer did really well. But it was Barbie and Margot Robbie and also Ryan Gosling and others taking this film to the top. And it was by far the, the I think, what did they combine? Barbie Heimer. It was like Barbie Heimer is what they called last weekend. A lot of y'all went out and saw films, and that was really neat to see. But we got a couple of new ones you can go check out, highlighted mostly by Haunted Mansion, Owen Wilson and others, and that one. And it's in theaters this weekend and for all of you who have nearly 100 degree temperatures that you're having to enjoy on the outside go get in that movie theater and cool off for a couple of hours watching some pretty good films that are coming and more on the way we're happy to spotlight films at the end of this hour each and every friday to help you get ready for what we hope is a maybe maybe you got a date this weekend take your sweetie to the theater and see some of these films. I guess, as an adult, it wouldn't be totally out of the question to go have a date and watch Barbie. I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) That wraps up this hour of the Y'all Show. When we come back, the Eagles lost a founding member this week, and we will pay tribute to Randy Meisner 
and play his most famous co-write, Take It to the Limit, as part of our Friday Free for Y'all. That's coming up in just a few moments here as we kick off Hour 3 of The Y'all Show. Hang on and listen. As we kick off our final hour of talking about Dixie, here's David Lee Murphy. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. But I know the Lord, it was breaking her heart that she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming her back and laughing out loud With the smoke so thick the blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over there Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up I'll look back and try to recall Just where the heck's my truck So take my keys and lock them up tight Let the good times flow I worry about tomorrow when it comes to light The night's still young And I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming them back And laughing out loud with the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here Fighting over there, I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd And thank you, sir. It is the Y'all Show. And each Friday at this spot, we have a little kickoff to the weekend. Thanks to David Lee Murphy. And we invite you to join me. I'm the world's worst singer, but I don't care. Sing along. Let's have a little fun, y'all. Let's party. Party crowd. Slamming them back. Laughing out loud with the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around Thank y'all for hanging around to y'all show With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over there I'm making the rounds looking for a party crowd Y'all got a party this week at the lake or over at the beach house? Hey, that's great! Send July off in where the smoke so thick, the blues can't hang around. One more time, here we go. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd. Okay, hold your applause. We're back here on the Y'all Show. It's a tradition. We've been doing that a long time and happy to do it. It's a way to help the weekend arrive and put us in a 
spirit, a, a spirit with a big old smile on our face. And we're glad that you could join us for the fun. We are the show that shakes the Southland. And in this final hour, we've got hashtag hullabaloo coming up. I'm going to tell you about Eagle Brand Milk. Yeah. What exactly is that? And why am I bringing that up? Well, we actually had someone send us a text that involved Eagle Brand Milk. So we got that on our mind coming up in a few minutes. Plus, before the hour is up, we're going to take you back to Charlotte, where they had ACC Media Days this week, and a guy named Dabo Sweeney spoke about his orange and northwestern purple team on Thursday. Yes, we're going to talk about the reigning ACC champion, Clemson Tigers. And you got to know how to say it. It ain't Clemson with a Z. It's Clemson, like C-L-E-M-P-S-E-N. Clemson. I'm I'm a Clemson fan. No, I'm not. No, no. Let me strike that from the record, y'all. I am definitely not. But you got to be a fan of Dabo Sweeney and what he's done. My God. Two national championships for a guy that uh, was hardly a player for Gene Stallings at Alabama back in the early 90s when they won their national championship at the Capstone. But we got a little Clemson love and other sports news coming before we get out of here in this final hour of the Y'all Show. Let's pick up our fun here in this segment of what we call the Friday Free for Y'all. Powered by y'all.com, the South's homepage. And we actually have to tamp it down a, a, a hair because this is not the world's most exciting thing that we're going to be doing today in the Friday Free for Y'all. We had actually a passage of a music icon, or his band certainly an icon. This week we lost Randy Meisner, a co founding member of the Eagles, where he served as the bassist and vocalist of that band the eagles just coming out with the announcement of meisner's death as he died from complications of copd chronic obstructive pulmonary disease meisner was 77 years old the statement from the eagles says that randy was an integral part of the eagles and an instrumental in the early success of the band his vocal range was astonishing and as evident in the signature ballad take it to the limit we're going to play that song in just a moment but randy meisner dying at 77 and he and others of the eagles inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame back in 1988 but a founding member dead of the eagles this week Randy Meisner. Now, unfortunately, he was born in Nebraska. And that's where he grew up. His family grew corn, beans, alfalfa, and sugar beets on their farm. So he was a farm boy. But when he was 10 years old, he saw Elvis on the Ed Sullivan Show. And his life decided to uh, stop thinking about alfalfa and sugar beets and start thinking about music. He loved R&B and the Motown stuff and got to performing ultimately he would go west and in September of 1971 Randy Meisner formed the Eagles with Don Henley the late Glenn Fry and Bernie Leiden they signed with David Geffen's brand new label Asylum Records and released their eponymous debut album 
back in 1972. But one of the things he did in addition to playing the bass and singing backup for the Eagles, Randy also was a big part of the writing of their music. And he co-wrote a bunch of songs, including Take It to the Limit. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that, but Take It to the Limit was the Eagles' first million-selling single and the third song from the album One of These Nights. Some of the other songs that Randy wrote, Try and Love Again, Is It True, Take the Devil, and Trine. He also wrote Certain Kind of Fool with Glenn Fry and Don Henley, and on that song he sang the lead, Certain Kind of Fool. He had health problems, and therefore he quit the band in 77, citing exhaustion. And so he left the band in the late 70s. And as far as I know, the guys got along with him. But it's tough being a truly a rock star. The Eagles, uh, rock stars, country stars. I mean, they 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 truly have their own deal. That's honestly one of the best things that came out of the 1970s. I actually came out of the 1970s now that I think about it, but uh, not a lot of things good came in the 70s. You had shag carpet. You had disco. You had Jimmy Carter. What else? Horrible fashion, horrible cars, horrible haircuts in that decade. Nixon and Watergate. It was, it was a bad decade. And I was born in that decade. But the Eagles were a good thing that came out of the 70s. The Eagles and Southern Rock. Definitely a good thing in the 1970s. I'm trying to think if there's anything else positive I can say about the 70s. Hmm. It it might hit me. I'm thinking of anything sports that happened good. Because the Yankees were good and I hate the Yankees. So that was bad. Football-wise, I guess the Steelers and Cowboys. I don't like either one of those teams. So yeah, that that was not good. I, I, I think it was well, Hank Aaron captured the home run record. And as a Braves guy, that's a good thing. That, that was a positive thing out of that decade. Okay. But the Eagles certainly a good thing. So Meisner, as I said, out of Nebraska, the other co-founding members, not exactly Southern, but Don Henley was. Don Henley from Gilmer, Texas. He was right there on the Louisiana line is where he grew up. And what a voice he's got. 76 years old. He's actually younger than Randy Meisner, Don Henley. And what a what a voice, what a style. Just a cool cat. We need to get him on this show sometime. I'm sure right now he's grieving the loss of his co-founding member of the Eagles, Randy Meisner. But uh, what, what a great band, the Eagles, and the tremendous number of hits they had. The Eagles are one of the world's best-selling bands selling more than 200 million records and in this country alone they've sold over 100 million records as I said inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they have been ranked number 75 on Rolling Stones list of the 100 greatest artists of all time I wonder who's the heck ahead of them at 75 come on come on y'all remember the Eagles recently announcing they've got their farewell tour going on 
and it's going on throughout the uh, rest of this year and it's going to have people like Vince Gill joining in on this farewell tour that you can check out and they've had all kind of videos and documentaries I mean this is just truly a great band and we remember that Randy Meisner a founding member of it was a big part of it Randy Meisner co-wrote Take It to the Limit and we're going to play that in just a moment this song that he co-wrote with Don and Glenn Fry, and it came out in 1975 and was their first million selling single According to Meisner, he wrote the first few lines of Take It to the Limit one night while playing an acoustic guitar after returning from the Troubadour, but he was not able to finish the song by the time they got ready to record it, so Fry and Henley helped with the lyrics. Meisner later said of how he would usually write songs with the Eagles, I'd get a verse or two, and I'm done, and they would help fill in the blanks. Well, they did a heck of a job filling in the blanks on this one take it to the limit and it's been recorded and covered by a whole bunch of other artists and actually it actually was a appeared on Meisner's first solo album that he came out with in 1978 you might have heard that one but uh, certainly one of their most famous songs and not only did they do it in the studio, they have a live version of Take It to the Limit from 1976 that a lot of you grew up listening to. This song went to, believe it or not, only to number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, but truly one of the classics in Eagles discography. Take It to the Limit. Again, this is off of their Asylum label. The B-side after the thrill of gone from the album One of These Nights. And that was recorded both in Miami and Los Angeles as they filmed or recorded some of this album at Criteria Studios in Miami and Record Plant in L.A. back in the mid-1970s. So we want to close out this Friday Free For Y'all with a salute to the late Randy Meisner, a song that he helped write and truly one of the Eagles classics here on the Y'all Show. Enjoy a little Take It to the Limit as we remember the life and legacy of Randy Meisner and his co-writing guy that passed away a few years ago, Glenn Fry. Thankfully, Don Henley's still with us. Here's the Y'all Show's tribute. At the end of the evening
and all your love making time If it all fell to pieces tomorrow you still be One of these nights, that's the Eagles, other singles off that album, One of These Nights, and Lion Eyes, and then that one right there, Take It to the Limit, in 1975, and that was a song co-written by now the late member of that incredible group, Randy Meisner, passing away this week at age 77 from complications of COPD, and that is salute to the Eagles and Mr. Meisner and the incredible discography that he and the Eagles leave behind for people like us to sit back and queue up on shows like the Y'all Show and enjoy the music. That wraps up our Friday Free For Y'all. When we come back on Y'all, we're going to scoot over and tell you all about Eagle Brand Milk. From the Eagles to Eagle Brand Milk. What the heck is that? Why are we talking about it? We got something in on our text line. that That's the reason we're bringing it up here. And we're going to do that before the hour's up. We're going to talk about them Clemson Tigers right here on the Y'all Show.
song from Mel's little girl. That would be Pam Tillis. And the song that kind of got her career going back in 1991, Don't Tell Me What to Do. A song that was co-written by Max D. Barnes and Harlan Howard on the Arista imprint. What a career she had back in the 1990s. Pam Tillis. I wonder what she's doing now. We need to, somebody else we need to bring on here to the Y'all Show. And we are the show that shakes up things across the Southland each and every day. Our podcasts are available in iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, as well as we're at y'all.com. Just search for Y'all Show and you'll, you'll find us right there. We now bring in on the Y'all Show our hashtag hullabaloo feature where we find things on social media that are southern in nature and we just share it with all y'all and we've got idol idols on the twitter or should i say x x i need to have somebody come on and explain what the heck elon musk has done here the last couple of days (sighs) x is where we find idol at I-D-L-Y-Y's. That's the handle, the X handle. So when I'm out now talking about X, is that is that going to be confusing? Like, hey, here's my X, and I'm pointing to whatever the heck, I'm, my computer. I might be talking about uh, an object. I might be talking about a person. Hey, X. And I'm not talking about, like, in the past X I'm talking about the daggum social media deal X Elon I don't know if he put a whole lot of thought into that one like he might have had with his Tesla cars hmm Tesla and X the man alright let's get back into what Idol is saying I at Adley Adley wise so they put out a post here this week that says how long did it take you to realize that all Eagle brand milk in family recipes was just sweetened condensed milk. Oh, just me? Question mark. Okay, let me repeat this. How long did it take you to realize all that Eagle brand milk is all the family recipes was just sweetened condensed milk? Okay, maybe not the world's most complete and accurate English language being used in this uh X post, okay? But I think I can clear it up. They're essentially saying, did you realize that Eagle brand milk is nothing more than sweetened condensed milk? And then they put the hashtag Southern on this post. So, Eagle brand milk. Gosh, I don't know about y'all, but that's just a little, uh, a little slice of your childhood that you just for whatever reason wanted to hold that can and, and that that cow that's on there it's just a it's just a great little product so i will tell you a little bit more about eagle brand milk if you have a moment okay eagle brand milk actually goes way back to before the civil war 1856 that's when gail borden introduced eagle brand to develop a refrigeration and food preservation system as it had its condensed milk being a part of the Borden Company. Hmm. Borden, now that it's got a it's got a ring to it, yeah. Borden established his own company, Borden Inc., 
1857. In 1874, Eagle brand became the first registered trademark in the then British colony of Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, Eagle brand in Hong Kong. And it became available in East Asian markets at that point. Eagle brand products are currently produced by Nestle. Did y'all know that? Did you know that the Smucker Company bought the canned milk business from Borden in 2007? Eagle Family Foods Group, established after Paul Smucker Wagstaff left the J.M. Smucker Company in 2014 to carry on his own enterprise, and he partnered with his friend Jeff Boyle to establish Kelso and Company. It then acquired Eagle Brand from the Smucker Company, and they started something in 2015 called Eagle Foods. And Eagle Foods, I'm getting all businessy, I know. Uh, maybe not what you were thinking when we started talking about Eagle Brand Milk. But in 2016, Eagle Foods bought out G.H. Creeders, and they derived from the Chicago-based manufacturing company Creeders, and that's a popcorn brand. So Eagle Brand and popcorn evidently go together. But, uh, yeah, you can use this sweet condensed milk and all kinds of recipes. I know all of you who are into baking likely have a couple of these Eagle brand cans in your cabinet. And, again, according to Idle, it took them a while to realize that when you call it Eagle brand milk, it's nothing more than sweetened condensed milk. But, boy, does it taste good. Now, I have never opened that can up and just downed it I don't know if that's even healthy for you to do. But I'm sure some of you out there have done that. Because as a southern boy, I do like me some good milk. And I do like me some good sweets. And Eagle Brand is the best of both. And it's got a long history. I had no idea this thing goes back way back to 1856. When good old Gail Borden introduced this as a way to have food preservation and its condensed milk became a flagship of the Borden Company. So some food talk, some food history here on the Y'all Show. Thank you to Idle at Idly Wise for bringing that to our attention here on today's installment of Eagle Brand Hashtag Hullabaloo. <laughs> See, on this show we got it all covered for sure. And we're happy to do it. I don't know where Borden was based. I think it was in New England is where that uh, company originated. It wasn't down here. And if it ain't down here, then it just doesn't count. Nah, that's not true. We're, we're, we're glad that they did it. Because trust me, we Southerners have benefited in a lot of ways from Eagle brand milk. And if you don't believe me, just go get on a scale sometime and tell me if you're not benefiting from that delicious product. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this y'all show on this Friday talking about the Clemson Tigers. Dabo Sweeney at the mic at ACC Media Days on Thursday. We've got that commentary plus other sports news as we get you ready for the weekend on the show that shakes the Southland.
E-M-P-S-E-N Tigers! One more time. Tiger. C L E M P S E N. All right, that's not exactly how it goes, but uh, hey, Clemson, you got a catchy little tune, little tiger rag, right here on the Y'all Show as we close out this Friday edition and getting you ready for the weekend. And Clemson getting ready for the Duke Blue Devils. That is their opening opponent on Labor Day night at Death Valley. They're going to run down that hill and take on the Devils. And that's a very good Duke football team these days, thanks to Mike Elko. This is the Y'all Show. This is our Southern Sports closing out this Friday edition of the Y'all Show. And Thursday, ACC Media Days went down in Charlotte. We're going to hear from Dabo Sweeney in just a second. Also in our sports report today, I got Jeremy Pruitt news, the former Tennessee coach. He's back in the employment circles. (laughs) I'll tell you about what he's got going on in his native Rainsville, Alabama. Plus, we've got some Joe Burrow news, and the Colorado Buffaloes are going to take Ralphie to the Big 12 again. All that coming up in a second. But let's feature those Tigers, your ACC champions, a team under Dabo Sweeney that has captured two national championships in the last seven years, 2016 and then in 2018. What a great program he's got. And this guy is only 53 years young. He's already got two national titles. The Birmingham native, William Christopher Sweeney, a.k.a. Dabo. And Dabo at ACC Media Days talking about his team, getting them ready for another season. The very, very successful coach who's won let me see if I can't figure this out real quick. How many ACC... He's won eight titles at Clemson. Eight conference titles since 2011. He's won the Paul Bear Bryant Award three times as the best coach in the country. And I know that's awesome for him because he's an Alabama alum. Most Bama fans have him circled to be the replacement to Nick Saban. I don't know if he's going to go. You know, this is a guy who's been at Clemson as an assistant and now head coach since the year 2003. That's when Tommy Bowden brought him over from Bama to be a wide receiver coach. And he was one heck of a recruiter. That's why ultimately he was given a chance to be the interim coach. And he took that and took the mantle and run and ran in a huge way. Dabo Sweeney is a great college football coach. Clemson is a great college football program. If you want to circle where the best college football is in the country right now, you just need to get a tank of gas in Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be set because with that tank of gas and a very... You you could get a gas guzzler, a big pickup truck, and from Atlanta, Georgia, right there, let's start at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 
you'll be able to go hang out in Tuscaloosa on that tank of gas, or you could go to Athens. Your two-time national champions are found in Athens. And then with that same tank of gas, it's just a little hop, skip, and a jump from Athens to Clemson, South Carolina. So your true epicenter of college football greatness is right here in the South, and it's really right in that little corridor. I'll call it the Bojangles Corridor of Clemson and Athens and now Tuscaloosa. Yeah, so we got it going on when it comes to football. And Dabo Sweeney's got it going on. And he had it going on Thursday when he was in Charlotte at ACC Media Days. Let's go in and hear some of what he was talking about at the podium. The head coach of the Clemson University Tigers. Listen, I mean, our people talk about Clemson. We've had 12 really, really good years in a row. Some great years uh, in there. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard to get to a Final Four when there's a 133 teams trying to do it. And uh, we've been there as, as much as anybody. And if not going eight years in a row means we stink, well, I guess we stink. Um, but, you know, maybe we can get back there this year and be able to say we went, you know, seven out of the last nine years. That would be a pretty cool uh, accomplishment. But that's not going to happen if we don't win the opener and win the state championship, win this league, and win the closer. So, you know, that's all we're focused on. None of the rest of that stuff really just – what, we're, what we can control, and that's our prep, our mindset, um, you know, how we attack each day. Coach, back to your left, fourth row towards the wall again, fourth row left. Hey, Coach, David Glenn from the North Carolina Sports Network and the David Glenn Show. We've met a lot of transfers here at ACC Kickoff. Uh, you have kind of the old-school approach where you have two fifth-year guys, and they're all high school signees. I've read that you may lose a dozen outgoing transfers, but not sign many incoming transfers, and that seems to be different than most approach. Why is that your philosophy? Well, it's just where we are, kind of state of the program. You know, if I was taking a new job, then we'd have no, it's just, it'd be what you have to do because you're going to have a mass exodus of players and you got to obviously you're it's probably not a good job so you got to turn the roster there's a lot of things that go into it uh but you know i'm going in year 15 and there's just a lot of uh you know continuity I mean, we've got a 98 percent graduation rate uh, we had seven guys that could have gone in the draft i think three of them have master's degrees that i didn't think would be back here i had no intention of them being back uh but they're all back you know will putnam uh is back for a COVID year. Tyler Davis, Rook, Sheridan, JP, um, I mean, XT, Justin Maskell. These are all guys that are all graduates that all could, could have, you know, headed off to the draft. But, you know, that's what excites me about, about this team is you have a group like that, that that came back to Clemson. And they didn't come back to just hang out, you know, in Tigertown for another year. They came back with, with focus. They came back with a very clear purpose and vision of what they want to do uh, in this one last shot for them. So uh, that is exciting to me. Uh, so we haven't, you know, we've gone to the portal um, where we've needed it. We've, we've signed a couple of quarterbacks where we felt like we needed a, a bridge guy and an older backup veteran that would give us some depth. We've been able to do that. Um, but we've not had a single starter leave Clemson. Not one. The, the kids that have left, even the, the majority of the guys that have left Clemson have been graduates. And that's number one. So number two, uh, you know, it, 
we've had only two kids leave Clemson post spring in the last two two years, and they were both graduates, and one was a sixth corner, and the other was a sixth defensive end, and they just wanted to go play. So now, if you had a mass exodus after spring, you had ten, twelve, well, you got to go. So we have not had that, and then and then you know we're still signing the best high school players in the country. You know, I mean, listen, I'd go sign Tyler Davis and Will Putnam and Cade Krubnick over any guy, anybody right now. I mean, these are great, great players. So we're, we're very, we're fortunate that way uh, because, you know, we've been able to, I mean, we're the second winningest team in the country the last 12 years. We've never had a number one recruiting class. I don't think we've ever been close. I think we've had 13 top 15 classes in a row. So our evaluation and development and retention has been how we've won at Clemson. And uh, again, you see it this year, seven guys that, that all could enter the draft, all came back. And then uh, the infusion of, of another great signing class, 15, 15 mid-years, I mean, you know, we, we, got, we can go sign Peter Woods. So, I, I mean, I'm sure there were some good guys in the portal at D-line, but I, I like Peter Woods. Uh, I kind of like the guys we signed. And I like the guys that are on our team that are developing. So. You know, at some point, we'll have some gap that we have to address, and um, we, we've used it as we've needed. Dabo Sweeney at ACC kickoff in Charlotte this week. Fifteen years he's been at Clemson. And by the way, in those 15 years, he's only had technically one losing season, and that was a season of which they lost their bowl game to finish 6-7. and seven. That was way back in 2010. This has got to be the arguably best college football coach. I mean, he really is. Look at look at what he just said. He didn't have a single starter leave his program. All these guys are graduating. He's got a class football program. And I'm 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 sincere saying this cuz I don't like Clemson. I really don't. <laughs> but they're good and he's great. And I know he just lost to the Gamecocks. That's the worst thing he's done in a long time, losing to Shane Beamer at the end of last year. Other than that, this guy has a, can I just say it, a hell of a program in Clemson, South Carolina. And uh, every time I'm back into Palmetto State, I see those dadgum Tiger Paws everywhere. And you know what? They got a lot to be proud of with those Tiger Paws because they're good and Man, Dabo Sweeney, one of the one of the great ones. Birmingham's on, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that wraps up our coverage of ACC Media Days this week as they got together in Charlotte. By the way, the ACC Commissioner Thursday, Jim Phillips saying that they're continuing to look at possibly expanding the ACC. So I'm thinking, hmm, ACC, how about another South Carolina team added to your conference? That, That'd be a good fit. I'm looking at you, Military College of South Carolina, as a possible move up to the ACC. Yeah, we could have all those teams like Clemson come back and play at Johnson Haygood Stadium. That'd be awesome. But I think they're looking more at like Notre Dame. But I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That the news out of that. And the reason conference changes and expansion in the news, the Colorado Buffaloes are moving to the Big 12. Dion is getting that program back eastward and getting away from the Pac-12. So how about that? A renewal of old Big 8 foes like 
Kansas and Kansas State and Colorado. So we got that conference realignment going on. And is that going to affect some of our Southern conferences in addition to the Southern teams playing in the Big 12? Uh, We will find out soon for sure. That the news from the college football front on Thursday. Elsewhere, Jeremy Pruitt's got a new job. The former Tennessee head football coach is now employed in his hometown of Rainsville, Alabama, right on Sand Mountain. He's a Plainview High School graduate, and the 49-year-old Jeremy Pruitt has now been hired as a physical education teacher and assistant coach of Plainview. He'll also coach the junior high basketball team. And, in addition to that, his wife has been hired as a teacher. So congratulations to Casey, as she's going to be a reading and math intervention teacher at the Plainview School District in Northeast Alabama. He's been called a hometown hero by the principal of Plainview. Of course, he may not be quite a hero back in Knoxville, as the Tennessee program suffering big with NCAA they brought the hammer down on Pruitt here recently. His volunteers went 15-19 and 19 in his three seasons on Rocky Top. He was fired before the 2020 season ended. And now a lot of uh, NCAA penalties and more coming to the Orange of Tennessee as a result of the Pruitt era on Rocky Top. Also in our news today from the NFL, Joe Burrow, former LSU signal caller that helped lead them to a national title. He had to be carted off of practice with a calf injury on Thursday. The head coach of the Bengals, Zach Taylor, telling people that Burrow was rolling to his right during drills when he pulled up short, and it was a non-contact injury, and he had to be taken off the field. We wish him well, of course. Burrow, in his rookie season, had to miss most of the season after getting injured, and Mm, man, what a great quarterback he is. The pride of the Bayou Bengals, of course, transferring into LSU during the Orgeron dynasty from Ohio State. But we wish Joe Burrow, BDJ, the best in his recovery, and hopefully he'll be ready to go for the Bengals when the NFL season kicks off in just a couple of weeks, y'all. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show for this week. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend And we will see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the show that shakes the Southland.